Hello and welcome, fellow humans on the journey. My name is Grady Milligan, and you're listening to the To and From podcast, a record of process and transformation through creative and intentional living. Through this podcast, I want to hold safe space for thoughts, questions, tears, and laughter, and to create one more little stage for collective story. So thank you for listening. I hope that we can grow together in the tension and beauty of who we are and who we're becoming. Good to have you back for another episode. Thank you to everyone that has shared the To and From podcast so far. Thank you for listening and thank you for your feedback. It's been really cool to share these early episodes with all of you. So today I bring you a conversation that I got to have with my good, good bro, Alberto. Alberto and I got to know each other a few years back through church and music and facilitating creative space for people. And since our first meeting, we have become very good friends. Alberto is kind and gentle, a very, very caring friend. And I love his story. His life is full of a lot of creativity and culture and a really inspiring openness to new adventures and new things. So instead of me talking a lot more, we'll just jump into the conversation. So thank you guys for being here on the To and From podcast. Here is my conversation with my good buddy, Alberto Leon. Yeah, so I am sitting in a room with my bro, Bert. Alberto, Yo. he's the bomb. <laughs> Yo. Yeah, I've known Bert for a couple of years. We've become like really, really, really good friends. But you guys may not know Alberto at all. So um, Dude, Bert, everyone knows just... me. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're just kind of a popular guy. I think most people know you. Probably not. I mean, they've heard of you. You're fancy. You're, you're, you're an important person, Bert. Um, but if you've never met Alberto before, um, let's kind of just start at the beginning. I, I know a lot of your backstory, but let's talk about like, well, first off, because some people don't know this, like, where are you from? Uh, it's not Tennessee, so hint, but <laughs> where are you from? Maybe talk a little about how, I don't know, creativity and stuff kind of came into your story. Uh, one spoiler, Bert is an excellent musician, but there's a lot more things too. So uh, like nice. how did music start becoming a thing? Yeah, sort of let's, let's introduce you if someone's never really met Alberto and like how did you end up here and doing so much of what you do right now? Yeah, cool. I mean, that's a that question can have a very, very long answer, mm-hmm. but I'll try to give it somewhat of a yeah. middle, I don't know, yeah, answer. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm Alberto. I am from the country of Panama, Woo. if you know where that is. Um, Central America is a tiny strip of land that kind of connects south mm-hmm. and north when you look at it in the map. Awesome country. If you ever have the chance to visit, I recommend it. Yes. Great food, great people, and just a melting pot of yeah. different cultures and different mm-hmm. nationalities, and just yeah, yeah just first World awesome. Cup last summer, which yeah. we watched, and it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, big deal. We made it to a World Cup. Yeah. Um, truly, truly brought joy to the whole country. Did Did you say they made it a national holiday? So basically, yeah, because <laughs> that's awesome. No, the day, so the day that we play, we were playing um, Costa Rica, and we had to win that game in order to make it to the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And when we won, so that night we won, we won two to one. So it was still a very close yes. game. But the day after was just free day; no one had to work. That's basically, so cool. that's um, awesome. Which I mean, I don't know if <laughs> how good that was, like. 
money wise or whatever, but <laughs> it was very much needed worth it. and yeah, worth it. And every, you know, the whole country was like out parading and just partying and mm, that's so celebrating. Cool, and it was pretty oh. cool to see that. Mm. Well, unfortunately, I wasn't there, but I saw it. You saw through it. the <laughs> through uh, internet, internet, through your phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. And my family telling me and stuff. And obviously, I was watching the game and celebrating in my did one you, little did way. Did you shed at least one tear? Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, I, I think I did. I, I was definitely screaming. I remember I was watching the first half, actually, here at the church when everyone had left already. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just, like, yelling and <laughs> screaming by myself in the middle of the sanctuary, just, yes. like, so pumped about <laughs> Panama. But uh, That's awesome. So, yeah, so Bert from <laughs> Panama. So, like, what, what was it like growing up? Like, what was your family like? And at, at what point did, uh, like, how, how did creativity and music and things come in? Uh, or was it always part of the story? Yeah. Yeah, so grew up in Panama, Hispanic family, Hispanic culture. And growing up, a lot of what my upbringing was was seeing my parents um, sing a song, you know, to go to bed. Um, mm. My dad plays a little guitar. Just I don't remember that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's he, it's not – he wouldn't say he's very good at it or anything, but it's something that he just kind of picks up sometimes and knows some songs and, mm. you know, his go-tos kind of thing. And yeah. He would just – sing those for us and play them and you know growing up I always remember those things and mm. so I think music has always been kind of involved within what I was doing and how mm. I grew up and I remember being a little kid and always wanting to like bang on things and play drums yeah. and play <laughs> rhythms and and uh, my grandma actually bought me like a little toy drum set when I was <laughs> probably like three or four years old, I don't know. Yeah. And I would, you know, bang on that thing and just pretend like I was playing drums and she would uh, come and sing songs while I <laughs> played the drums. Were your parents, like, mad at her for buying you a drum set? <laughs> so, I feel like that's a grandparent move. Yeah, well, so th the funny thing about that is, so at that point they weren't too mad because it was just a toy drum set and it wasn't too loud. But <laughs> as the years went by and I was actually getting into music and, you know, first they tried to get me to play piano, which... Looking back now, I wish I would have taken it seriously, but I didn't take it too seriously. I would just kind of play the piano because that's the instrument that they wanted me to play. Mm -hmm. But I always said I wanted to play drums and guitar. Mm. Those were like the two instruments that I really wanted to play. Um, but anyway, so I really wanted to play drums, and my parents wouldn't buy me a drum set. So mm -hmm. my other grandparent, so not the grandmother bought me the toy drum set, but the other side of the family, my, my parents or my dad's grandpa. Yeah. My dad's dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he bought me like a real drum set. Oh, and this was when I was. Even louder. <laughs> yeah. No, this was when I was, I think, uh, I want to say 11, maybe 10. Perfect. And my parents were mad because I was with like a real drum set. But now, I mean, they couldn't do anything about it. Like they had bought it and um, they knew that's what I wanted to do. And so <laughs> we also lived in an apartment, which brought right. um, some angry neighbors every once in a while. I was gonna, okay, I was going to ask because, like, apartment is, like, drum worst nightmare. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I feel bad for the people that lived around me. But, I try, I, you know, I tried to, like, pick certain hours <laughs> of the day where I would do it and stuff. Yeah. But it was my passion, man. Like, I just wanted to uh, play drums and be mm -hmm. musical. And so. Yeah, what, what were you playing? Like, what spaces were you playing in? Were you, like, people come over and jam, uh, like, band stuff, uh, church yeah. stuff, like, the places where people play drums, like where were you doing that? Yeah, so I grew up in the church, okay. and so you know from an early age, my grandpa was actually a, a pastor, and so I grew up going to church and hearing the songs and playing them. And obviously, for the longest time, it was it wasn't anything about 
the church itself, but just the music. Like I just like music and mm-hmm. l- would listen to the songs and try to play them and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And so that's how I got into drumming specifically too. So I would be home now with an actual drum set and mm-hmm. try to play the songs and try to play whatever song I was hearing and listening to um, yeah. and just, uh, yeah, try to figure it out. Mm. Did you get to play at church like quickly or was this like a, it took later in like your teen years and a whole lot of practice and they finally let you play? Like, did you get to play at church like quickly? Yeah, it was, it was pretty quickly. I was probably playing drums for about a year by the time I joined what we had called the middle school band in church. So our youth group was pretty big, pretty large um, in our church and, uh, they had a high school band and a middle school band for worship. And, you know, the middle school band was supposed to be kind of a growing thing and learning mm-hmm. and not necessarily playing a lot in services and stuff, but just uh, building confidence and yeah. just, yeah, learning to play as a band. Yeah, which is still awesome. Yeah, yeah. it is super awesome. So actually, this, was, this would have been from like sixth grade to eighth grade. Yeah. I was playing drums in the middle school band pretty constantly, and yeah. we would play... You know, maybe once a month we would actually get to play like a Wednesday service or a Sunday service or something. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for that I was I was always playing drums. Okay. Now, is this was it after this? I think I've talked at some point on this podcast already about making a metal band and not being like talented enough to probably make a metal band, but I made one. I feel so I'm pretty sure I remember you having did did you drum in like a metal band? Like what what was the non church Burt band experience? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I've always loved bands, making bands, being in bands and all of that kind of mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> but it was super random. This guy I played soccer with while mm-hmm. I was in middle school, he I knew he played bass and one day he randomly was like, Hey, you wanna be in a punk band together? And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I love punk. Yes. <laughs> And so he came to my apartment and we started just jamming and it was just us two and then you know he we found a guitar player and a singer and stuff and so this was I think seventh grade when it started maybe eighth I don't okay. know um, but yeah we we made this like pop punk band slash it, it kind of transitioned from genre to genre but uh, yeah. in its core at first it was like a, a Bling Wong eighty two yeah uh, some forty one type of right feeling the songs of your childhood yeah the no, sounds no, no, that raised sure. you yeah it's i mean it's what I, I was listening to it's what i was playing it's what i wanted to be i was a punk kid i wanted to skate you know that was that was that was me so oh man i i also loved blink 182 but couldn't skate and so so i remember like like attempting to skate or like rollerblade or like bike around the neighborhood but never being very good at anything yeah but Blink One Eighty Two made you feel like you should like you be were, doing. Yeah, that. like you should be doing that. You were good. No, yeah, I wasn't Blink-182 any good either. Rocket Power. No, oh, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, honestly, I wasn't any good either. But I just, I had a skateboard, <laughs> and I would ride it and oh, try to be good or whatever. Yes. But mainly, I was just playing the songs and watching Rocket Power and things like that, just because that's oh, what I enjoy. It shaped a generation. No, I it really did. It. Yeah, and it's weird because I want to. I was being in a different country, but mm-hmm. I was still experiencing those things and going through those things. And yeah, like Dragon cool. Ball Z. Yeah, man, <laughs> I could talk about Dragon Ball Z for oh, yeah. so, hours. Well, so actually, to like interrupt ourselves because I, 
care about being able to talk about this with other <laughs> fellow nerds who love these things. Yeah. Like, why has... Because it can be broader than just, like, anime, but, like, why has, like, anime and manga and just comics and superhero, you know, kind of, like, stuff like that, those sort of stories, that kind of art, why has that always been a thing for you in games or shows or otherwise? Because we're in the same boat there. But I want to hear the Burt part of that, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. So it's always been part of my life, as, as, I mean, as long as I can remember. And that's because from an early on, you know, my mom tells me stories about me just wanting to, like, create these, like, super, like, imaginative stories in my head and telling them stories that never happened. But I, oh. I was just creating these, like, worlds outside of my head. Oh, that's, that's awesome. I, yeah, that's just what I like doing. And I remember vividly my um, uncle, so he's my mom's younger brother, and he was pretty much like a older brother to me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he would come to our house, and he would just start watching, you know, Dragon Ball Z. Mm -hmm or whatever anime was playing. And, um, you know, I was super young, and I was watching those things with them, and I would just kind of hug. Like, it, it gave me that, like, other world to, like, look mm. and admire and just, like, create these stories and just oh, yeah. creativity flows from all that stuff, and I just always mm -hmm. appreciate it, things like that. And you want to go outside and, like, punch your friends? <laughs> like, I spent, like, most of my childhood punching friends and essentially pretending I was in Dragon Ball Z, but that was, like, all of my childhood. Like, Man. kicking people off a trampoline. Kicking people off a trampoline. Wow. That bully, actually only happened one grade. time. No, oh, wait, you were actually a bully? Wow. <laughs> no, it only actually happened one time, and it was to my little brother, and I felt super bad after it <laughs> because, like, I accidentally kicked him out of the small hole in the net because we had a net around the trampoline. You're yeah. not supposed to be You're able to fall out of the trampoline. <laughs> it's like almost impressive. But you but, actually managed. But to you know, it. you're you're like a kid, so you're like halfway feel bad because you didn't mean to do that. But but you also are just like mad that you're about to be in trouble. Nope, yeah. no, that's yeah. definitely the feeling. Uh, yeah, that's good. Well, because you're an older sibling too. You know how that goes. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. I didn't do a lot of, like, wanting to fight. I don't know. I think, mm. like, I was so in my head with those kind mm. of things okay. that that was, like, my avenue. Like, just the fact that I was always having these stories in my brain. And mm. I, I think it goes with what my personality is now, honestly. Like, it's so easy for me to just go in my head and think mm -hmm. it, like, go through things that have never happened or stories and creating all that. And yeah. that was part of it, except that was something that I could watch and then I mm. could... Ima like, I remember imagining myself being in those worlds, and I was like, man, what would my character be like that yeah. in that world, and what would I do, and, like, how would my life be different, and all those things, and, like, I was mm -hmm. thinking as a kid. My yeah. avenue for punching was probably just banging the drums, the drums to a punk song. You didn't need to punch people <laughs> because you had a drum set. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, like, those are still some of the best stories ever. It's why I still love comics. It's why I still love, man, it's why I still love, like, animated shows and stuff because, like, the storytelling is kind of endless because you don't even need like the real actors and the special effects you just draw whatever you want yeah there's like a freedom to it yeah no I, that's awesome i'm just i remember that being like one of the first things i found out about you after yeah. we met other than like obviously playing since right. we met kind of on a stage but being like oh 
is that a is that a sticker on your guitar case of Goku from Dragon Ball Z? We should talk more. <laughs> Dude, there was a point where every guitar I, I had and every like case I had had some kind of sticker of like Dragon Ball Z. I don't know why. It was just I like instead of putting my names on my name on things, I'm just gonna put this like Goku on it. <laughs> no, no, it's mine. Yeah, uh, that's so funny, dude. Um, well, what about um, so also in the realm of like, you know, things that m- maybe aren't as related necessarily to like the music or like your own personal creative stuff you're putting out in the world or whatever now, but like just something that formed you. So we already mentioned like the World Cup, but but so soccer was like a big part and for sure. Um, and, well, and actually is still a part because you told me you're going to be like playing some like rec league stuff stuff up in Ohio. So like. What what was it about soccer that sort of shaped your story? Yeah, I mean, part of being in you know Latin America in general is like you're gonna be exposed to soccer. That's mm. the that's the sport that everyone likes and watches. And Would it be fair plays. to say if you just don't live in the South in America, then it's a given you'll be exposed to soccer? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't want to say that, but yeah, I mean, it's the it's, it. it's the world sport, you know. It is football. Yes. But um, no, so yeah, I grew up obviously watching it because my parents watched it and everyone around me was watching mm-hmm. it. So I remember like 2002 World Cup, Brazil winning the, the final game. And I remember that like mm. I was cheering for Ronaldo, like old school Ronaldo, Brazilian yeah. Ronaldo. And so that just kind of always was part of my life growing mm-hmm. up. And so it was just one of those things like people, I mean, kids here grow up and they go to the park and play basketball. Like mm-hmm. I was going to the park and picking up a soccer ball mm-hmm. we were all kicking around and just playing and um I it always was significant because it allowed me to be part of a team you know mm-hmm. I was part of a high school team I was part of a club team mm-hmm. and it gave me first of all things to do that I enjoyed and yeah. really liked doing and it kept me active and healthy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was just always pretty good for me um you know, played through high school. I actually, when I came here to college, I played in college for two and a half years, and yeah. that was awesome. So, yeah. Well, and what? So I, I'm curious about because knowing you as like a pretty calm, go with the flow guy, an Enneagram Nine, <laughs> since I know that about you. Um, yeah. But uh, all these things. One of the things that makes me curious about that is I imagine you enjoyed the competition of playing soccer, and and. So what was it about that that let you feel good to, like, be competitive? You know, like, a thing that in some of your other spaces of life where you're going to – where you have more of a tendency to, like, take the back seat or be like, oh, no, whatever you guys want. Like, Mm -hmm. what shifts or, like, was soccer, like, the needed space to be like, oh, I need to win something sometime? (laughs) Like, how did that that go with your calm personality, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess – in a way, it, it was that avenue of, like, a place where I wanted to win and I wanted to compete. And I think, you know, anything that I was really passionate about and I'm really passionate about, I'm going to give my all and want to do my best. And mm. in a sport, that's going to translate to wanting to win. Mm. But but even, like, you talk about my personality, and I think it even it even translates to what how I play soccer because I, I was always very much a, like, creative like trying to create plays giving passes ah. to people and being that assist maker more than a oh. goal scorer which i don't know if you've ever talked about that but no, you've uh, never connected like the personality to the way you played soccer that's actually really cool to hear yeah yeah which i mean it's still winning yeah but you're still but even when you want to win you're still doing it in a way that's like 
what does the whole team need? How do I give it to that person? Oh, mm-hmm. I don't need the glory. I just want us to score. Like, yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. I've never yeah. heard you talk about that. And before. obviously, I love scoring. Like, I mean, everyone, yeah, scoring. everyone loves scoring. <laughs> but, you know, to me, a good assist was just as good, as not, if not better, than a goal. So mm-hmm. that was kind of my mentality. That's so cool. See, I didn't – that's really cool to hear because that was sort of what I was wondering, right? Is it like a when you were on the field – something clicked and all of a sudden everyone was like, who is that guy? It's like he's, a different so, person. he's like this rage monster. Like, it's like, nope, still just Bert. Going to win. I did get a red card a couple of times. So oh, that's we'll awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you're probably not supposed to encourage people getting red cards, but no. I, but maybe it's that punk rock part. Yeah. It's like, oh, I play in punk bands. I got a red I, card yep. one time. <laughs> you need that, that story. Oh, sorry. I got a red card. I got to go to youth group now. So, well, what about just as it's obviously been a huge part of your story, like where you came from, right? That's like, that shapes everything about us, right? But now, since we've been friends, which is now like a good number of years and really cool, um, I mean, kind of all of adult Bert, like all of adult Alberto has been the one I knew here. (laughs) Yeah, since I was 18 or 19, I've been here. Yeah, that's crazy. So can you talk a little bit about that, like? What is it like to live here, to, you know, to work here, to move in like musical spaces, church spaces, all the spaces you inhabit, but bringing the story of where you're from, like the really difficult parts of inhabiting kind of the two worlds and the really cool parts of inhabiting like multicultural stuff, kind of even within your own life and your own story for a good number of these years, you know, like how, how does that shaping, how is that shaping like all things about the Burt life right now? Yeah. So a lot of what you say of like bringing my own culture and my upbringing here is it's still very much significant of how my upbringing was. Like I did grow up in a Hispanic background, Hispanic family, obviously Spanish speaking country. But I was always put in settings that were very, very much like multicultural. Mm. I was very um, always hanging out with people that spoke English and Mm -hmm. people that spoke Spanish and people that spoke French. And so like I was surrounded by all these things and yeah, even I went to a Jewish school for a time, so people yeah. that spoke Hebrew and stuff like yeah. that. And so to me, that was kind of always, honestly, the normal. Like the normal was to see people that looked different than I did and people that um, hmm. spoke different languages and just do life together. That was, to me, that was, you know, life. That was what was be- beautiful. Hmm. So, you know, we always talk about culture shock and things like that. And I mean, it is like when I move to a different country, it's I'm going to have some kind of culture shock. And moving is a thing anyways. right? Like like even if you were if you didn't even move to a different culture, moving is just moving. Yeah. Right. So that's a thing, too. But you were probably I mean, so obviously moving changed things. But in some ways, I assume you were probably way more prepped to inhabit different kind of people spaces than a lot of folks that do that, you know, from what you've just said of growing up in it kind of from day one. Yeah, no, I, I honestly think I was. And, I mean, it helped that when I came here, I was playing soccer still. Mm-hmm. So, like, I had people around me, and yeah. I was doing a thing that I loved. And it's a communication, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, people from sure. everywhere or all walks of life, but you're all playing the same sport. Yeah. There's kind of a communication that's just, like, sweating and hitting each other in the <laughs> shoulder and shooting, you know? Like, yeah. there's, that's kind of cool, too. Yeah. But um, speaking English, you know, Going from speaking English like 50% of the time or 
30% of the time to speaking English 100% of the time was a big change. Oh, yeah. But you kind of get used to it, and I think my English has gotten better since I've been here, too, mm -hmm. and things like that. And, and you've also, like, willingly and unwillingly occasionally been my Spanish tutor as well. <laughs> yeah, I try. Probably not a good Spanish teacher. You no, know, you but. are. <laughs> you do make fun of me a lot, but that's that's probably good and healthy sometimes too. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like <laughs> there's a bunch of times where I text you something and it instead of being like, oh, I think you meant this, it'd be like, that's wrong. <laughs> that's like all you <laughs> well, okay, Most me. of the time I correct you and tell you what the right thing is. But if I read it fast, I'm just like, huh, that's not right. But I think I know what you meant. <laughs> it's good though. That's, that's a good humbling moment when you're having to... It's like, hey, this is what it feels like to learn a language and sound real dumb sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's Well, I mean, it's like, I'm comfortable me. with you, so I, I can just That's you know, true. say whatever <laughs> I want. Uh, I love it. You're, you're a, no, you're a very kind teacher and patient. <laughs> no, well, even just with that, because we can go more places, but even just on the language thing, so as someone who speaks English and has only ever existed in entirely exclusive, you know, English-speaking spaces... I don't have the grid. You know, I can try to imagine, and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm generally relatively, like, empathetic, but, like, I can only sort of imagine what that's like to live in a space where your native tongue is a thing that outside of, like, your own thoughts or if you're calling family or if you're running into someone who also speaks the language, like, you could go days and days and days and days without, like, speaking the language that is, <laughs> like, your home base, you know? Yeah. So... What are some of the, like, difficulties that come with that, you know? If, if it's in creativity, if it's in, like, you know, just communication, obviously, like, saying what you're trying to say. But also, like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I've never had to experience, nor do I want to put words in your mouth, but, like, I've never had to experience what I can imagine is some of the isolation that can come with that. Can you, I guess, can you speak to any part of being in an <laughs> entirely English-speaking space for long, long, long periods of time? Yeah, I mean, with any language, you know, I always say, like, if you really want to learn a language, you got to go immerse yourself in it and, like, mm -hmm. force yourself to be in a, around people that speak that language, and you're mm -hmm. going to have to communicate with them and just deal yeah. with it. And a big part of it is just that, obviously, I didn't know English before I came here, so I had a huge advantage, but I wasn't speaking it all the time, and I wasn't as fluent as I am now. Mm -hmm. But it did create some difficulties mainly in how I was trying to express myself and mm -hmm. to people just like you said I mean communication like sometimes I would forget forget words or maybe not use the right words if mm -hmm. what I actually meant because I would forget the words or I just didn't have them in mm -hmm. at the moment or whatever it was but the more you're surrounded by it and the more you just make yourself learn it and mm -hmm. talk to people you just I mean you get used to it yeah because English I mean, it is definitely my second language. Like, mm -hmm. Spanish is totally my first language. But to me now, it's it's almost equal as far as, like, mm. how I think. And the words come to my head. Sometimes they come in English first, and sometimes yeah. they come in Spanish first. That I, I Once again, not being fluent in any other language, like, I... I am still committed to my slow, <laughs> slow crawl towards Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. That, it's it, all good. I though. may be 50 before I'm really where I want to be. But, hey, you're you trying. Know, it's trying, though. <laughs> oh, trying. gosh, so slow, dude. But that's such an interesting thought to me, what you described, like the idea of all of a sudden your thoughts coming, like, kind of on their own or more naturally in, mm -hmm. like, a second language. Like, I feel like the first couple times that happened, I would, like, freak out. <laughs> like, I'd, be like, I'd be like, what are you doing to me? Yeah. <laughs> My brain. <laughs> I feel like one of the most common questions I get from people, 
that know that I'm like bilingual, mm. they're like, so are your dreams in Spanish or English? And I'm honestly, I'm like, I, I don't know. My dreams are in the language that I understood mm. and in my brain. Mm. Maybe they were Spanglish. I mean, if you've been yeah. around, if you've been around my sister and I specifically, mm -hmm. which you have, yeah, our our communication is always Spanglish because we yeah. both have kind of the same life experience or very mm -hmm. similar experience. So we just say whatever comes, and sometimes that's Spanish and sometimes that's English, and we we'll yeah. start a sentence and be like. Hola, ¿cómo estás? Can you pass me this thing? Yeah. And like, it just, it'll, it'll just yeah. go back and forth. And that's just kind of how we talk. Well, I think that's really cool too, because like the reason why I would love to, and I, I feel like it'd be awesome if a lot more people were bilingual or even trilingual is that all the languages actually have certain things they do excellently, mm -hmm. you know, um, like as someone who primarily and basically only speaks English, um, you, you, you always or this could be my personality too, but I, <laughs> I obviously focus on what we lack. You know, I'm regularly thinking about how um, the classic example I feel like people talk about a lot is like the word love, mm -hmm. you know, in English. It's a big it's one. So this thing that needs to express so many things, but we kind of squish it all so commonly into mm -hmm. one word. But that's because it's your language, so you think about its limitations, right? But there are things that each language does so beautifully, you know? So it, it, to have two or even three or four languages like actually in your grasp, in your brain. Oh man. Like the ability to like, what I think it's, I wonder if not only like the actual things you say or like poetry you create or like stuff you make, but even like your ability to think and perceive and mm -hmm. like think specifically like that feeling or emotion mm -hmm. that your language may not actually have a word for. So you always talk around it. But then people find out that other languages actually have a word for that yeah. feeling. And so, um, like, like, it's like the, I think it's the Greek word. We've actually talked about at church here before of, like, splankna, which is a funny word. <laughs> yeah. But it's like that, it's like this, it's a description, like a one-word description of this, like, feeling in your gut. In your this, gut, like, yeah. this pulling in motion of something stirring within you. Yeah. Um, and it's a funny word to say, splankna. No, I remember but, Aaron talking about that. <laughs> yeah, but... But there's something in that too. Like you literally can have words that are mm -hmm. exactly the thing you try to paint for someone. Yeah. That's that's super cool. Not to mention maybe people would just be jerks to each other less if they took the time to learn languages. But <laughs> no, that's, that's a whole true. other thing. <laughs> but so that still happens to me. Honestly, I I don't know if I can think of a specific example, but like I'll have times where I'm saying something and I'll be like, ah, oh, it's this word. I guess this word is very close to it and kind of means the same thing, but it's not exactly what I want to say. Mm -hmm. But it's funny because then, with, like, if I'm talking to my sister or my mom or my dad, like, mm -hmm. they, you know, they know both languages and stuff. So, like, I can actually say the thing that I want to say and they know that thing because mm -hmm. I'm going back and forth. But Yeah. Well, and also, so, I mean, going from living in Panama, mm -hmm. um, you actually did live in Panama City, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not making up the city. Okay, yeah. right. So, living in Panama City, living in, like, Maryville slash Knoxville, Tennessee, mm -hmm. and now living in Ohio, like living in the Columbus area, yep. like, um, so even more changes. How has the Columbus move been like in creative things going on in culture, things you're excited about? Just what's it like to move from, <laughs> from another country to this country, to a very different city in this country? Yeah. I mean, moving is a thing. I mean, like you said, moving is, it's not easy. It's hard. And it, ha it always has its ups and downs, I, I think. Mm -hmm. But moving to Columbus has been, I would say, pretty life-giving to me. You know, the setting that I get to be in right now, 
I was actually pretty nervous about going back to a fully speak like fully Spanish speaking congregation and mm -hmm. you know worship setting and things mm -hmm. like that, which I think I I expressed to you before. Oh, we laughed together. You yeah. were having an interview. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like having an interview in your own like native language, and you're like, crap, I don't remember how to speak Spanish. <laughs> yeah, which was which was so funny because it's not that I didn't remember how to speak Spanish, but it's just like. I had been so used to this setting that I was like, man, do I, can I do it in Spanish? I mean, surely I can, but. Do I sound like someone who's speaking Spanish who lives in Maribel? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at what point, at one point I was even being interviewed and I literally said that because she was saying like, or they were asking me if my English was good. And I was like, yeah, I think it is. Honestly, I was pretty nervous of this <laughs> Spanish interview right now, but <laughs> that's so good. But no, so it's it's been awesome because I I am in that uh, culture. I am in that Spanish speaking congregation and people that I from all different parts of Latin America, which is awesome. It, in a way, kind of reminding me of how I grew up. Mm. But I'm still in a very much so English speaking city and place, and I still get to. Um, use both languages all the time. And I think that's why it's very life-giving, mm -hmm. just actually being able to use both. Yeah. Well, and what about, like, the wider, like, city of Columbus as a whole, you know? So, like, you, you've got your context that you're really, like, working in kind of day in, day out, like, a lot of your focus. But mm -hmm. just the city itself, right? Like, like, bigger city, more stuff going on, like, more diverse, all these things. And I know you're still adjusting moving into a new place at all, right? Mm -hmm. So, like... But what is it like just living in the area itself? Yeah, no, it's nice. It's definitely, it's very diverse. And it's just growing to be more that way, which I really appreciate and love. I mean, like I was saying earlier, how I grew up is very much of a multicultural setting. And that's mm. where I feel most at home. Mm. Even though that might sound weird, like mm. f thinking that having different cultures in the same place and having different ways of thinking, different looking people, but that's just that just feels like home to me, and yeah, so the fact great. that, the, yeah, the fact that the city is has kind of been moving more and more towards that in the in the last few years or whatever, mm. it's just very awesome, and I really do appreciate it. And mm. you know, walking around and seeing that mm. really really means a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, and let's so I, and I also know like some of your you know musical history and things you like playing, and you've played a lot of music in. A bunch of styles and on several different <laughs> instruments which is very cool mm -hmm. um even seeing some pictures of you on piano more recently which is cool yeah, uh, uh, which i know is like more, <laughs> it feels it's a little more of like the last bastion because you've been like guitar <laughs> and drum guy for so long yeah um so so how do we can talk about this with like just playing and your experience playing but also in like songwriting because mm -hmm. um bert and i both have like written together and we just like yeah. songwriting and talk about songwriting um some of my favorite songs we do um, in the church context here in Maryville that I'm a part of, like there's at least like one or two that Bert and I got to work on together, which is super awesome. Yeah. And so in playing music and just enjoying songs, but also in writing stuff, how, how do you use those things to communicate? Maybe you can dive into like what songwriting does for communication for you anyways, but mm -hmm. even in playing and having a lot of different history and styles, like how does that help you you know, navigate different human stories and navigate <laughs> bringing something out into, you know, your hands and into mm -hmm. people's ears from your very, like, broad experience of culture and stuff. Yeah. Music is just beautiful. Mm. <laughs> and we yes. obviously, you know, certain cultures for 
years have gravitated to certain styles and certain mm. things that they enjoy and listen to. And because I've been in a very, you know, multi-ethnic and cultural setting for a long time, I always appreciated a lot of different styles and just wanted to be ca capable to do those things. And so I, I really do enjoy, you know, leaning into obviously the punk and the rock and mm. <laughs> all, the, yes. all the stuff like that. But I've always really enjoyed to try to do some salsa and some mm. merengue and some um, Latin grooves like that mm. and and then some like gospel and stuff like that. Mm. And so I am by no means an expert on any of those things, but I try to dabble at least in what I can and mm. and try to communicate that to the people that yeah. I'm with. We could make a, like a whole separate podcast called like the art of dabbling. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. It's like that's my it's like I feel like that's my only actual talent sometimes is dabbling in all the other ones. <laughs> Uh, hey, the, the, at least yeah you gotta try yeah right? you gotta try stuff yeah, yeah try. Mm. but no so like right now i'm in obviously a spanish service a latino setting and so we're doing a lot of latino and, and a lot of those things but you know we also try to incorporate like whatever is happening in the larger church in america and mm. things like that and just yeah. making sure we're trying to bridge that gap and mm. you know yeah well, making bridges, I mean, that's like the whole thing, right? Like yeah. maybe one of the most beautiful parts of creativity and then music specifically is, is just a space to bridge things. Sometimes that people think can't be like mm -hmm. pulled together or bridged is through music. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, guitars have bridges and you put bridges <laughs> in songs. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, that's a dead joke. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. No. Wow. <laughs> Oh, that's so bad. Okay. And you're not supposed to clap in the mic. I'm fa uh, just, it's all spiraling. Uh, yeah. no. But really, though, that's like, I feel like you have an obvious passion, and I've seen you work on it, and we've worked in these things together, to take the things that music, I think, has been so bridging, like, in your mm -hmm. own internal world. Yeah. Because, like, it's been a bridge for you just to, like, understand being a human and, like, <laughs> understand the internal world of Bert, but also, like figuring out how you know you as alberto like can create bridges for people through music is is awesome like it's a massive it's not a, it's not an insignificant thing like that's i know you have a lot of things going on going on in your life but i feel like that might be one of the things that forever is like a massively transformative part of the alberto life is bridging people who are far from each other through music you know that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, I hope it is. You're saying that, and I, I really hope it, it is part of my life for mm. the re remaining of it. <laughs> but um, I, I truly just love it. You know, I remember listening to, well, I grew up in, in a church that was very much, you know, leaning towards the Hillsong vibe and the, okay. and the, just whatever was, you know, CCM. Mm -hmm. um, and I, w I would listen to people like Israel, Israel mm -hmm. Houghton, and... Um, kind of listen to how he was kind of bridging that gap and of doing like the very popular song but twisting it and putting that like right. latino rhythm in it yeah. and and then then you know singing in spanish and going mm -hmm. back to english and doing that thing and that was like man like that's awesome i want to do that mm -hmm. like i want to be able to put those things together like look how amazing it sounds like mm. that's awesome and everyone's enjoying it oh yeah that's awesome well because there's things that like whatever your context looks like there's things that can only be said through like the blues <laughs> yeah and there are things that can only be said through like a really like 
poppy, boppy, like song with three major chords. Um, yeah. And, you know, depending on where your context, there's probably like things you're tired of hearing and could use some of the other. Right. But the, the different contexts are all saying something drastically important. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's not it's not a, that any anybody's like natural gravitation is the bad music to be playing. It's just that we need to say a lot more things than one thing. <laughs> and the different styles and stories of music help us say more than one thing. Back to like I wish all people were like trilingual or more. <laughs> any musician should probably play at least three styles of music. And I and I yeah, like yeah, that just kind of actually true. connected right now, real time in my brain. But um, I kind of hope to carry that with me and think more about that because really, like I, I'm very slowly learning my second language. But the musical stuff, which comes faster to mm-hmm. me, um, it has shaped a lot in me within the last five, six years, especially. Things about how I see literally the whole world, things about how I see my friends that I didn't understand, things about how I understand the limitations and the beauty of my story Yeah, when they work together with other stories. like Some of that has been like lessons of millions of words shoved into like two really good songs <laughs> juxtaposed next to each other. Yeah. You know? But you can tell, like, I mean, I... Obviously, I've seen the way you write songs, and it has changed even in these last five years or so, and how you lean more into different things and yeah, get true. better at those things. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's really cool to see. Well, thanks, man. I pay people a lot to say <laughs> these things on the podcast. It's I'm really losing all of my money on on these compliments. Nah. No, thanks, dude. Um, so okay, so what about like the songwriting part? Yeah. Um, to deflect quickly away from me because I'm embarrassed, <laughs> like you always but, do. <laughs> deflect, deflect. No, but to deflect it back at you though. Yeah. Um, so in songwriting, like it's still combining all the other parts of the music that we're playing that other people's songs, but but man, there's there is something unique and different that's happening when you are trying to bring a song out of the 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 ether and the floating nothingness into like oh i can here's a chord chart let's record this so like how how has songwriting like become a part of your story because i actually i actually don't know if i know as long as we've been friends when you started songwriting like so did it did it start in bands did you help people write was it only like maybe in a church context how has songwriting flowed through your life, and what do you love about what it does for you? Yeah, so it very much started in a pop punk setting. Yeah, you know, playing three chords and saying things that you <laughs> felt or thought you felt. You only need the top three strings. <laughs> well, it's top, all yeah. job D. Yeah, you know, <laughs> sing songs about that one girl or whatever was going on. That's very not true. Pop punk is really good. And also <laughs> pop punk has definitely developed since the songs we listen to with like skateboarding. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I love what's going on right now in the in that world, but yes. just thinking back of, you know, 14 year old, 15 year old Alberto and <laughs> what he was thinking about and writing. And it was a lot of that. It's starting in that started in that context for sure. I think from that, it, it kind of transitioned into what was happening within the church and how I was being involved with that and wanting to express the things that I was feeling and the relationship that I was developing with uh, Jesus. Yeah. So it kind of grew into that. And it, it, it has it has since kind of changed and gravitated towards different things depending on what was going on in my life. And mm. I was writing a lot in Spanish before I left Panama because that's what was going on. That was what was around me. And mm-hmm. so I, I loved doing it. But then I moved here and I remember, you know, 
I went for like a year without really writing at all because I mean moving and different things and I was very busy and just for some reason wasn't finding time to do that but then and college is hard yeah but here's the thing you hate college <laughs> as much as I do and you made it yeah so you're a hero yeah <laughs> I mean I, I think I had I had different different reasons and thing and just motivations of why I needed to finish and actually sure. get through it but yeah, college. You college. got that piece of paper, then. I, I do have that piece of paper. <laughs> I hope it's worth it. <laughs> this the the worry and disdain on your face as you say that. Okay, sorry, keep going. No. So it was hard to write at first, but then. Yeah. Okay. So then I I um I I went back to writing because I had a guitar and I had feelings. <laughs> what? Oh, that's that's probably like the sound bite from this episode. It's like I I had to write because I had a guitar and I had feelings. Yeah. That's. that's no, but it's, it's so true. It's it is so true because a lot of what writing is to me is just a way of communicating, mm-hmm. and even speaking two languages, there's still times where I have to communicate things that I don't really know how to oh, communicate. Yeah? And you know, music has always been that avenue mm-hmm. for me. Of oh yeah, I can you know pick up a guitar and say a thing I want to say sometimes without even saying words. Just yeah, absolutely playing a chord and you know whatever I'm playing is kind of reflecting what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking mm-hmm. and so that's that's how I got back into writing and then I was blessed with an amazing community of songwriting here mm-hmm. at, at this church specifically and um, mm-hmm. that has since kind of shaped the way I go about songwriting mm-hmm. yeah I love that like <laughs> I had a guitar and I had feelings but yeah <laughs> but that's really cool that's really cool to hear you say and that might be significant for people because even in all the talk we've had, and it and it's so significant and important because it's not like mm-hmm. these are levels, but yeah. uh, as an additional thing that's also important, like you have multiple languages in your brain, <laughs> you know, and and you've lived a lot of kind of the subtle languages of just culture and place, yeah, um, and yet there's still something that only like music can say. Yeah, like no, for sure. it just like pick one of those two languages. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Pick no words, and it's just instrumental. There's still something that music just does and carries for us that you could be quadrilingual. Is that a thing? If it's four languages, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea, but, but sure, if, we'll go with if it. If you knew four languages, <laughs> yeah, but didn't know how to just play like six basic chords on a guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still something that might be kind of locked behind that expression that, you know, because of the hard work you've done to like stay diligent and be a musician and work through, you have that special kind of language as well to communicate through, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and maybe I would say too, as a caveat, cause I want this to always be clear on this podcast, even if you're not doing music or something that's one of the classical arts, really you could translate that just to Actual creativity, yeah. like creative works and creative expression. Whatever that means for you. Yeah, because yeah. it could be something like, if you know me, you would know this, um, but I I am so not like a handyman. Like, I don't know how to build or fix anything. Like, <laughs> right. All the things where people, you know, talk and have metaphors and stuff about, like, the beautiful transcendent thing of just, you know, being done after a hard day and you've just created something with your hands and, and you're sweaty and gross. I'm like, oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> that, that sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 at the same time, I, I do get that and I feel no, like and that's it. their art. Yeah, yeah, it's like somebody making something. You know, yeah. like I think we're sitting at the, the vineyard church in Maryville and there's a little uh small prayer room close to where we're sitting and 
I think of my friend who basically built <laughs> built that prayer room yeah. out of a space that wasn't being used At maybe all, yeah. as usefully. Mm-hmm. And with the work of sweat and hammers and like equipment, I don't understand what it does. <laughs> there's like an actual space that's like specifically for people to enjoy one another and try to lean into spiritual health. And they got to make that with their hands. Yeah. And so and it looks that's, awesome. <laughs> and that's a communication that is so cool. And in some ways, like it's the kind of stuff that makes me almost want to learn that type of creativity mm-hmm. just because there is something that can be said there that's almost in a way locked for me right now because right. I, I don't know how to do that. But everyone is, you know, creative in their own way. And yeah. that and that is the beauty of yeah, it. Yeah. So I just mean. getting it out somehow, right? Yeah. Like whatever whatever way it can come out. Um and honestly, the truth is, like, I, I think one of the things that's a theme and just wants to always be talked about in this podcast is it's almost like the mindset and the belief and the permission to let creativity and intentionality mm-hmm. be coming out of, like, <laughs> like all of our pores and all of the spaces all of the time. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe, you know, a lot of us have a lot more, like, life left to live. There's probably a bunch of things that will be new additions to our rhythms that we don't have now at all. You know, a new craft, a new thing, a new right. job, a new business, new whatever. Um, but if you literally just started with every single thing that is your normal routine now and added nothing to it, but what you added to those things you already do is the desire for your eyes to be open to how you can be doing any of that with more creative intentionality that could be an entirely different life almost in and of itself yeah, no, for sure. without adding anything quote unquote to it, you know? Right. Yeah. So that's, that's <laughs> awesome. I, and I, and I love your songs. They're really great. I, uh, I well, want you to you record know. more of them. I'm kind of <laughs> like, I'll probably use this podcast anytime I'm talking with one of my songwriter friends to badger them publicly about all uh, of us getting their music. Uh, <laughs> um, Cause that's like all my friends. I have so many friends that write beautiful songs about yeah. all kinds of things. And if, if I can't listen to them, I, I have a mission to just make you feel bad until I can listen to it. <laughs> it's hard, you though, to you know. Myself up. Yeah, it's hard to put yourself out there and <laughs> share those Your things. Your songs are but. great. Everyone, everyone find Bert on all of the social media and then demand songs until he does <laughs> I was going to say my songs are probably not going to be there, so I don't know where you're going to find Oh, no, he's just, we're, we're just going to badger yeah, you until okay. you go record. <laughs> you can just send us all demos on your iPhone. Mm, nope, it'll be... for you alberto (laughs) (laughs) why is it that you a grown man only eat cereal so grady thinks i only eat cereal because i lived with them for i don't know a couple months yeah probably more i don't (laughs) know different times yeah live yeah i've been on lived with them for some periods of time and it was very common for me to at dinner time just go up and find cereal and then eat that and when you say very common you mean Every single day. That's all you eat. No, no, not every single day. (laughs) It is. But sometimes it's just not worth the effort to cook something. (laughs) See, when you when you were like living with like a recent roommate and you guys were talking and you talked about you guys cooking, I like did a double take. I was like, I Bert, you can't cook. (laughs) You just eat cereal till you die. 
There, uh, there was man. at least one time, I'll tell the story publicly. There was at oh. least one time when Brandy and I left for uh, work or whatever we were doing that day. <laughs> and Alberto and uh, our, our mutual friend, Feedy, who was also staying with us <laughs> for like Christmas break, I yeah, think, or something. Yeah, yeah. You, we left you guys on two couches oh, eating man. cereal under blankets. Yep. And we came back like 12 hours later. Yep. You were on the same couches under blanket. There uh, were just more cereal bowls. <laughs> like On our defense, that was Christmas break. Right after finals, we were very tired. You do know how to relax. And we just, honestly, and I'm not the type of person that likes to just be home all day and do nothing. Like, I think if you hang out with me, you'll realize that I'm always trying to you know, hang out with people and do something different. But we were so tired, oh, and yeah. we just wanted to relax. I reiterate how much you hate and school, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it drains me, or it used to drain me. I'm so, so glad it's over. So cereal was the balm unto yeah. your soul. <laughs> I, I guess so. I mean, I don't know. I grew up, I grew up eating a lot of cereal, I guess. It was, it was a part of it, so I, I, I still eat it. And, uh, you know, it, it's moved from, you know, Cinnamon Toast Crunch to, like, the healthy granola you're trying to make You're trying to make it, like, an actual important part of your growth on this podcast. I'm just making fun of you eating like a child. Uh, well, whatever. That's enough for Cereal is good. And that wraps up this week's episode of the To and From podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here and sharing this space together. And if you want to support this podcast or the music and creative work I've been doing recently, you can see what's going on at patreon.com slash Grady Milligan. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Grady Milligan to see how you might support this show and other stuff going on. Not to mention, you'll get exclusive content that is just for the Patreon squad. So thank you. We'll see you soon.